MoneyWeb now on the money. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. I'm chatting with Benong Mughali. He's president of Business Unity South Africa, Chancellor University of the Free State, and a ton else. We won't go into the rest of the CV. We would run out of time. Benong, really appreciate the time to chat again. Talking Davos World Economic Forum, is it still the big event? It seemed quieter this year, but maybe that's because there's so much else sort of hogging limelight. I'm thinking war in Europe and, and energy crisis and inflation and interest rates. How big is Davos still in, in, in the globe? So you are absolutely correct. Even I decided to attend it online Mm -hmm. rather than in person. My excuse is that I'm afraid of the XWB (laughs) 1.5. But but this year's World Economic Forum had six major themes which will foster action-oriented dialogues on some of the most crucial imperatives. So I'm lucky because I've been intimately involved because I'm a member of the committee of chairpersons Mm -hmm. of the World Economic Forum. So number one on that list was the future of global cooperation. Mm. The second was the economic outlook. The third was building healthy and equitable society. The fourth was about safeguarding the planet. The penultimate one was about transforming industry and enhancing technology governance. So over and above the normal top 10 global risks, and those were the usual, you know, the cost of living crisis, the natural disasters and extreme weather events, geoeconomic confrontation, failure to mitigate climate change, the erosion of social cohesion, and societal polarization large-scale environmental damage incidents. They also even looked at the failure of climate change, adaptation, widespread cybercrime, and also cyber insecurity. Mm -hmm. They mixed it with natural resource crisis and, of course, large-scale involuntary migration. But what I actually enjoyed, Simon, was the fact that they also identified the top 10, and let me just mention the top six risks facing South Africa. Yeah. And those, fun enough, on top of it was state collapse. Number two mm-hmm. was debt crisis. Three was the collapse of services and public infrastructure. The fourth is the cost of living crisis. Yeah. The penultimate one is employment and livelihood crisis, and the last is illegal immigration. So for me, if I put all of them together, so 29 years into democracy, the country, of course, has a 1,001 challenges, often with conflicting priorities. But maybe out of the top 10, let me just conclude, Simon, by articulating only four yeah, of yeah. these. And number one for me on that list, of course, will have to be state capture. Number two should be youth unemployment because at 74.9%, you have young women and men of military age who are sitting at home, twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do. Not only are we asking for trouble, we are actively inviting it. Yeah. But also this notion of a stable reliable and predictable energy supply, not just our obsession with ESCO. And of course, 
the last one I would talk, I would call it the lack of or inability or even unwillingness to implement the structural economic reforms that we've been talking about probably in the last 15 years, Simon, my dear brother. Yeah, and, and when you put them together, I mean, it, it, it paints a scary picture. And in a sense, I mean, how, how was South Africa received? The president, obviously not there. He stayed at home because of, of, of load shedding. But I, I remember in years gone by, I mean, if we go back to President Mandela, even President Mbeki and, and, and President Zuma to a degree as well, a, a, a large delegation of South Africans who was almost shooting above our weight in, in terms of us being a, a, a small economy globally, although a significant player in, in sub-Saharan Africa. In fact, what you say is absolutely correct. You see it by the disproportionate number of South Africans who serve on the committees of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. You see it in the disproportionate position, place, that South Africa holds even in World Economic Africa, the African chapter. The first four we held at the ICC in Durban. The sixth, we went to Maputo. And all of it was organized 80% by South Africans. But you also see it with South Africa House. Whenever there's a dinner, it would be standing room only. When we had President Jacob Zuma, there was one year, it was only him and us as business, no one else. And then we sat down and said, by the way, what were we going to say to the investors? That's when we decided when we come back to meet regularly with the then sitting president. We identified five um, issues that we're going to uh, work on, each chaired by two CEOs, so 10 in total. Amongst those will be things like unanticipated uh, consequences mm-hmm. of policy changes. The second, the second and the most important was a whole committee chaired by Simpiwe Chabalala, the current group CEO of Standard Bank, as to how av- to avoid um, uh, downgrading uh, by Moody's at that time. So for me, you know, 29 years into democracy, Simon, the issues that are confronting us today is load shedding. Yeah. And for me, uh, I say load shedding because this is what started in February of 2008. Fifteen years later, we have not solved it. So the country's power system, we know has about six gigawatt of effective capacity shortfall, Mm -hmm. resulting in the worst levels of load shedding in history with substantial economic costs. For me, the primary driving factor for this crisis is both the declining performance of the ESCOM fleet with energy availability factor having decreased to less than half. At one instance, it was 49%. The good chairperson of ESCOM, Ndatem Pomagwana, says is now 56%. And the second is delays in the procurement of new capacity. So when one looks at the status of independent power producers, the procurement programs for December 2011 to January 2023. The country has had seven because, remember, there was bid window three and bid window three and a half. I don't know why. Yes. With 136 preferred bidders appointed with about 13,000 megawatts, of which almost 7,200 are operational and 2,700 still in construction. 
that were already procured, but also 116 projects with signed agreements and the estimated timelines to be online was estimated at about June 2023 up to June 2027, because remember, there's 18 to 24 months from agreements of bid window six being concluded until we we, we actually wheel this uh, into um, into the, the transmission lines. Simon? Yeah, and, and and that I mean, and that's I mean that's part of the the criticism in South Africa is that we talk and we we have crisis committees and and nothing comes of it. And it's also a criticism of of Davos sometimes, the World Economic Forum, lots of talking, but but it's the doing that 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 matters. And and, and that, that I mean I don't know, it's, it seems to be something that we as a country are perhaps poor at. But when I look at at, at COP twenty seven for example, a bit of a global problem as well. But you see, someone you have hit the nail on the head. Remember, the president cut his visit to Sharm el Sheikh in Egypt short mm -hmm. when we hit stage six load shedding for the second time to come and solve the load shedding problem. But after two conversations with stakeholders to tackle this problem, the president has outlined five interventions that are aimed at improving the performance of ESCOM's existing fleet of power stations. Number one on that list was, how can we accelerate the procurement of new generation capacity? Two was, can we massively increase private investment in generation capacity? The third was, can we enable businesses and households to invest in rooftop solar and fundamentally transforming the electricity sector. And the last one was positioning it for future sustainability, which the National Energy Crisis Committee, NICOM, is addressing across nine working streams over and above several initiatives that are being led by business. However, levels of cooperation and collaboration can be hugely improved. So with the president having cancelled his participation now at the World Economic Forum in Davos, we were told that it's due to ESCOM having declared stage six, probably for the umpteenth time, yeah. um, for an indefinite period. Due to a high number of breakdowns since midnight of Tuesday, the 10th of January, as well as the requirement to strictly preserve the remaining emergency generation reserves. So the year could not have started on a more catastrophic note. Because you see, if stage six is maintained for a 24 period, most people will have their electricity turned off for six hours per day. But you and I know we have family members who on average are being switched off for 10 hours. Yeah. So ESCOM first implemented stage six in December 2019, a level of electricity rationing that had un until then been strictly theoretical. So imagine at stage six, ESCOM estimates the average South African will be supplied with power for only half of the time, that's 50%, with connections turned off for up to 12 hours out of every 24 hours. So at every stage of load shedding, ESCOM rations the country by further a thousand megawatt of power. This is the equivalent of one million kilowatts, or if I put it simply, one million kettles being boiled. Yeah. So the, the Department of Energy and the National Energy Regulator of South Africa, so DOE and NERSA, use a measure called the cost of unserved energy. This is currently estimated to be about 85 rent per kilowatt hour. So based on this, the cost to the economy 
often hour of stage six load shedding during business hours is 500 million. So load shedding has cost the South African economy 560 billion in 2022. And you can see even the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research is absolutely concerned about this. This for me means that there was a total of probably 6,400 gigawatt hours of unserved energy in the country. So at stage six, the cost is about 4 billion per day, which wipes off an entire one percentage point of GDP per annum. Sam. And then and the finance minister should fund the money for the diesel, but we'll leave that for a different day. We'll leave it there. We're out of time. Benang Mahali, President of Business Unity South Africa, Chancellor, University of the Free State. Always appreciate your time. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.